Hi everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Chicago Techies Podcast, a podcast focused on highlighting the voices of Chicago Techies and their experiences. This season, we'll be focusing on students looking to enter or entering the Chicago Tech community. I'm your host, Ceci Fisher-Bernitez. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode, I am joined by Amy Hua, software engineer intern at Clear Cover. Hi, Amy. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Chicago Techies podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you about your recent college experience and your transition, you know, as you enter the Chicago Tech community. Uh, how are you? Uh, why don't we start with your name, your pronouns, where you're from, and your current role? Yeah. So first, thank you so much for inviting me onto one of your episodes. I'm a fan of your podcast. I've listened to a lot of your other episodes. So it's it's an exciting opportunity for me to actually be on one of your episodes. And my name is Amy Hua. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I'm a recent graduate from DePaul University, and I'm currently a software engineer intern at ClearCover Amazing. Well, thank you so much for that. I I really I really love hearing when people actually do listen to the podcast because it's always a, a really just nice like pat on the back for me. Like, yay, people are listening. People like it. Um, I know that you know. Uh, actually, I haven't said this, but I, I I haven't been able to deliver like the every two weeks an episode just because that my life has been a a little bit busy and a little chaotic. Uh, for the, for the, for the better, you know, it's been uh, a really exciting time. Um, I guess this, this is, I'll just take an opportunity to say right here that, uh, my wife is pregnant, so we're pregnant and we are having twins in December. So it's been, been busy. <laughs> for Congrats. Sure. That's really exciting to hear. Oh my oh. God. Thank you. And actually, I'm a twin. So I definitely understand that, you know, what's gonna what's happening, uh, and what's gonna happen for us. Um, But yeah, it's been a really cool experience and journey as we you know, as we've tried, we've been trying for quite some time. And and Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother conversation to have (laughs) that it's not necessarily technical. But you know, um, yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming. So we're really, really excited. And um, I've been a little bit more focused on that than the podcast. But now it's finally like uh, slowing down a bit and I'll be able to to really start like pushing through the year and 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 continue with this up with the season, you know, with with college students and whatnot. So back to the podcast, let's let's uh, let's focus on your background and, you know, and where you're coming from and, and the things that you've done in the past. So I let's start with high school. You know, where did you go to high school? And uh, and let's let's go from there. Yeah. So from high school, um, I went to Lincoln Park High School and I was in their IB program Um, for their program. I didn't really take any computer science or really like tech classes at all. Um, I just knew that I really loved the STEM classes. Like I love math. I love science. I love all those type of classes. But other than that, I didn't really know much about tech. Yeah. Wow. I honestly, I did not like math. I did not. Yes. Like <laughs> I was well, more people like, say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was more of like the language arts and mm. geography and like that kind of student. Um, but, but I think I did, I did take a class in eighth grade that was a technology class. And mm. 
And it was, you know, it was very similar to kind of like a typing class and learning about computers, but, but also like learning about like rockets, right. And launching a rocket and like, you know, building your own rockets and things and like robotics. So it was like an, an overall like tech class that I actually really liked. And that really should have been an indicator that one day I was going to end up here. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so you mentioned that you didn't really take any like, you know, major STEM classes or at least new, did you, or did you already know kind of that you wanted to go into computer science or not really at all? Um, I didn't really know. I think I had a pretty similar um, experience with you where in a, like in my middle school or so, there was a tech there was like a computer class that we have as like one of our specials mm -hmm. along with like gym and art. And I didn't really focus that much on that class because yes, it was fun to, we did um, scratch for a little bit, um, but it wasn't really something that I saw myself as a career in the future. I was more like, oh, this is a fun thing that I did. And then I transitioned to high school and didn't really have that tech class anymore. So it kind of yeah. just went away in the back of my head. Wow. Yeah. That, I feel like that happens a lot. Um, I, I mean, you know, I, I also wasn't in, in middle school in like 2000 <laughs> in 1999. So I feel like that back then we barely had computers. We barely like typed. Um, but as I, you know, as, as we went into high school, we did, we, we got a little more advanced and I actually took like a graphic design class. Um, and uh, oh my god, I think it's, it was Dreamweaver. I think it was called something to design websites. It was ridiculous, but I actually really did enjoy that class a lot. But again, I didn't think I thought that you know, in order for me to do something in this field, I probably will have to be like super good at math and science. And that was something that discouraged me from like pursuing you know like that kind of experience, I guess, that kind of like um, mentality in college. But um, so how did you, you know, once once you graduated high school, like you went, you did all your gen eds, obviously, and, and some of maybe some maybe some tech classes if you did. But um, how did you go about choosing your major like after after high school was done? Yeah, so after high school, I knew that I love sciences. So I'm just like, OK, I'm going to go that route. And I hopped in a few majors. My first was health because I loved like chem and science and all that stuff. But I just knew that I wasn't into it. I didn't really understand why. I just knew that I wasn't as passionate as I was in this field. So then I transitioned to mathematics. And even with math, um, I used to do like math counts. I used to be in like math competitions. So I'm like, oh, this is great for me, mathematics. But then again, I didn't felt that passion in it. I'm just like, I don't, I feel very out of place. And I didn't feel like this was really for me until I was talking to a few friends. I've talked to a few family members that were kind of in the um, tech community or so. And so um, I remembered, I'm like, oh, I did scratch before. I did a little HTML. Let, let me try this out. And it was definitely a challenge because there's a lot more to computer science than just learning HTML. But I seem to really like the challenge. I like having all these little problems to solve and just designing websites and stuff like that. And soon I felt more comfortable in it. And I felt like this was kind of the role that I wanted to go into yeah that I I can I can uh 
feel that because I, you know, when I was uh, in, and, and similarly to you, I also started like in college, I started wanting to do psych. I, I came in as a psych major and I, I mean, I love, I had a, an amazing teacher in high school that taught us like psychology and I was just like obsessed with her because she was so funny and mm-hmm. I wanted to be like her. And I was like, I'm going to be a psych teacher. Like I want to help. I want to be like Miss Lyman's, you know, like I think I, I want to do that. So I ended up going to um, to community college first. At, it's mm-hmm. called College of the Page in Glen Allen, Illinois. And then from there, I transferred to NIU, uh, Northern Illinois. And I um, I came in still as a, as a psych major for my junior year at NIU. And then I was like, um, I, you know, I, I actually took an elect, a couple of elective classes for, um, for Spanish because I wanted to have a minor in Spanish because... You know, I think Spanish was a it's it's a big deal for me. I mean, I grew up in Mexico. I I I that was my it's my language. I didn't want to forget it. I wanted to keep like reading and being getting, you know, just culture, right? I uh so that was going to be my focus. So my my minor. So I went in and I started taking a class like and it was just like uh, uh it was a Hispanic Hispanic for native speakers um studies for native speakers or whatever and a couple of like really difficult like Spanish classes that I just like that were essentially like equivalent to English classes, but in Spanish, uh, where, where we had to write essays and, and write essays and whatnot. And I just loved it. I, I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. maybe I'm choosing the wrong path. Like, I love this class. I love this teacher. Like, this is something that I could see myself doing. Like, there's a need for like Spanish teachers for native speakers, like, because we don't have that uh, that experience, you know, like when you come in from, from another country, from Mexico, I, I guess, um, in my in my case, like, you don't have access to difficult Spanish classes to maintain your language. You have, you're basically forced into learning English and then continuing in English and writing in English and all that. But then your and then your Spanish is taken. So I, I just thought, I think I'm in the wrong path. I think I need to change my major. So I literally decided to change my major based on like two classes of Spanish because I thought I was going to, what I want to do. Um, so I ended up adding another year to NIU, uh, to my NIU experience, but it was so worth it for me because I'm like, this is what I want to do. So I ended up getting, um, you know, a world language, like Spanish and Hispanic culture uh, degree. But I, it was, I, I think I just, I should have known, I should have known that that wasn't it because by the time that I graduated, I came to the, to the city and, you know, I worked at a high school and subbed for a couple of teachers. And I was like, nope, this is not what I want to do with my life. Um, so it's, you know, I, I, and then eventually I transitioned into tech to, you know, now I'm a program manager and, and I work with Latinas in tech, but, um, I was doing other things, you know, I'm boarding for software engineering. I was doing, I learned so much about software engineering and languages and, and just like how everything works and project management. But, uh, but I should, you know, my life was just took a turn like three times, twice in high, in college, not knowing what I wanted, but, uh, but yeah, so I can relate to to some of the things that you mentioned. Um, and I think that's very, like, a nor- I, I feel like people don't talk about it, but I feel like that's a very normal thing to do that people get nervous about time saying like, oh my God, I have to tackle another year and so, but like, if you need another year to figure out what you want, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And I don't know if your family situation was is similar to mine's, but I think for me, I was very delayed in understanding on what I wanted to do in life because my family sacrificed a lot for us to be here. And so for longest, since I was a kid, it was like, 
I need to get like a good job. That was my main goal. I didn't have like a passion for anything. For me, it's like, I need to do this because my family has done so much already. So I kind of just like powered through a lot of like hard classes in high school and school saying like, okay, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be super smart, know all this STEM stuff. And then I'm able to support them once I get a job. But at the end of the day, that's not really how it is. You have to figure out what you want to do in life. You can't just power do all these classes. Like, yes, if that's what you love to do, go ahead and do that. But that's not really the route to do. And that's something that I figured out about myself a little while later. So that's why in college, I was just lost. I was like, huh, what do I want to do with my life? What what career do I actually want to do? Yeah, honestly, no, you're speaking to me. I feel like this is, we are, you know, very similar. And yes, my family situation was very similar to yours. I mean, I I grew up in Mexico. I moved here when I was 11 and my family, my dad sacrificed everything for us, right? Like my family did everything for us. My mom has been working. We all been really working since we were kids um, to, to make it here. And I think, um, I, there's that weight that you carry too in college, like in, in a way, yes. Like you have this, this pride, you know, that you want to make sure that you, you deliver because your family has sacrificed so much. But at the same time, sometimes that weight can carry you too much, can like, you know, can sometimes blind you. But I I luckily was able to figure it out. Like I was, I, I, so I have a twin sister. That's another thing. Yeah. Like I compared myself so much to her growing up and, and we, you know, because I honestly, I was more of a free spirit kind of student. I was more like an A, B, maybe a C kind of student. My sister was a straight A student and like, that sometimes was a little difficult to manage and deal with. But at the same time, I understood, I, I kind of understood that I was not her and I was my own person and I could not live up to that because I, I would just be miserable my entire life trying to keep up, keep up. So I, I was a little more chill. And I mean, if you talk to my sister now, she was like, I always, she's always like, I envied you. I envied all the friends that you had. I envied the like, time that you had the, the relaxation that you just projected. Like, I think, you know, we both had our own battles and, um, but yeah, you, it depends on your situation, your family. But I did, I was also pretty lost, like in college. I wasn't, I, you know, I switched my major. I thought it was a bad decision, but I'm like, ah, no, it's going to, it's going to work out for, fine for me. Like I'll figure it out. And even, even though all of that seems that is so old now and so like not even worth a sweat, but back then, you know, it can really be, it can hold you back. I can hold people back like their, you know, their experiences. So I, I also kind of like like talking about things like this because it is important to talk about how yeah. almost all of us are, are lost at one point in college. You know, we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> like nobody has this yet figured it out. <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to touch base about is, is, you know, access to things in college, because I think when I was in college, I didn't, I did have actually a lot of resources. You know, I was part of like the Latino Center. I was part of the LGBTQ Student Center. Like I, I, I was an RA. Like I, I found myself, you know, like I found the, the, what worked for me. I found groups that worked for me and my involvement. Um, so I'm curious if you, you know, if you had any involvement in college, like did you find your community? Did you find your tribe? Like how did you feel supported in, when, during your time in school? Yeah, so um, for college, I went to DePaul University, and to be honest, for the first two years, I didn't really, um, like, search for these resources that existed in my school for the first two years. I think it's 
because I was a commuter. So I wasn't really on campus for a long period of time. And I also had a part-time job. So most of the times when I go to class, once I'm done, I have to start going to my part-time job. And so I didn't really spend that much time lingering around school, really understanding like what resources are there out for me. But throughout the four years, I did find people that really helped me out and really find people that made me feel seen in school. And the first one was probably the Grace Hopper Conference. Um, I've never been to a conference that big before, but the group of girls that I was in going, we really connected in that. And I met a lot of people from there from either like a front-end developer, from a cybersecurity person. And so I really met a lot of people in different fields in tech, and that got me even more interested in it. And then that year, I met someone that was in the ACMW chapter at DePaul University, which is the Association for Computing Machinery Council on Women. <laughs> kind of a long name, um, but it was a new chapter and it was nice to meet a lot of people in different, in like different roles in the tech community. So I felt like joining that chapter really made me want to be more in the tech world. Got it. Yeah. I, and actually that was my follow-up question. Like when were you involved in the campus groups? I think, mm-hmm. I think those campus groups can be really meaningful, you know, for people and really, really helpful. I know that it's difficult when you are a commuter, right. To like, to get in, in, involved. And I mean, I think that was my experience too with, with community college, because I, even though I did play soccer in community college, I was, you know, involved in that. I, that that's something that I carried from high school, but um I, I knew that I could have done more. Like I was curious about student groups on campus, like how different they were from high school. I just, I didn't really have the time because after, after classes, I rushed to practice and after practice, you know, like we had games and I just never felt like I could, I really connected with the student body of like, of my school. I only connected with classes, friends, like in classes and then soccer and then home. Like I didn't have a chance to, to really be a full on like emerged student, you know, that, that you can be when you live in a campus or, or whatever, but, uh, but it's still, it was, uh, I still save a lot of money. <laughs> I, uh, it was nice. That, that was my, uh, my thing. Um, and when I did transition to NIU, that's when I really started seeking that community, right. That like that involvement, that, um, that access to resources. And one of the biggest resources that I unintentionally found that I didn't know was so much needed was access to mentors. You know, I had uh, a mentor um, at the LGBT community, like at the like the student on campus, like LGBTQ student campus group, and at the Latino Center as well. Like I, I talked to women, you know, that were the executive directors, that were the um, the leaders of these organizations, and I, while I was chatting with them and talking about my future and things like that, I didn't realize that I was being mentored, right? That I was that it was a mentorship partnership, that it was like a friendship, but it was also like a professional like mentor. So I'm curious, you know, if you had that similar experiences with mentorship, or how have you kind of navigated that to to lead you to where you are now? Yeah. So I didn't have like one mentor that I kind of stuck along for a long period of time. It's mostly on people that I've met throughout my experience that we've kind of 
build it off and helped it off each other. And that's how we kind of prosper and kind of learn more. Um, like from the Grace Hopper Conference, that's where I met Marianella, which you had in one of your episodes. Um, in my first CS class that I ever had, like I met one person that sat next to me. We were, we were both like, okay, do you know how to code at all? And they're like, nope. I'm like, great. We're, we're buddies in this. In the four years, we're, we're going through this together. And we, we buddied up in that. And then from there, we learned from that. And even from my um, part-time job, um, I was a sales associate. I met customers who were like software engineers and I got their email. I've contacted them a few times had like a coffee outing with them. So I don't think I had like one specific mentor, but it was really like people that I met along the road that kind of helped me learn more about this and helped me improve on myself. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned, you know, like even just your classmates, your friends that you met. And yeah, Marinella is great. She was she was telling me her story about too. And, and we talked a little bit briefly about Grace Harper as well. I, mm-hmm. I love, I think that's, that was one of my main resources, right? Like my friends, my colleagues, like my, my um, peer mentors that really helped me kind of like level up, right? To something new. Like, it, like you said, do you know how to do this? No, me neither. We'll figure it out. Like that was kind of like, that was like my experience too. Um, even when I transitioned into tech, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I fit in this ecosystem. I was like, do I even belong here? Like, figuring it out on my own and like learning from others and having those coffee chests from people that I met at events, like at meetups, like those were super like crucial for our development. And I think that's definitely something that people don't, don't consider those as mentors, but they really are like, you'd be surprised like how much you learn from, from a peer, right. That, that can get you to the next level as well. I mean, you said it like, even as a sales associate, like wh- where were you working before? Or as a I was working at um, Adidas. Adida, see, and you, you had software engineer clients, like, you know, yeah, I, I, um, I leveraged my entire network when I made the decision to, to transfer and, uh, to tech. And I asked, I actually talked to my brother-in-law about my goals and he, like, I knew that I didn't even know he was like in tech. He, he's an, he's an economics teacher mm-hmm. at, a, at an online school. He's a remote but he also is an engineer. I didn't know that. He went through a boot camp. He, you know, he has his own little business on the side hustles and like he does a lot of investing. And I'm like, I had no idea that he was so involved in the community. And he's the one who introduced me to like to a couple of you know people in tech and especially like one of my one of my friends who I also consider a mentor. Her name is Jen Dudley and uh, who eventually got kind of I worked with her. And uh, but yeah, it was you know, just having those conversations with everybody and, you know, you'll find people that can, that care about you and that will, will lend a hand to, to help out as much as they can. So I, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so now that you've graduated college, you know, recently you, you've been obviously like you made it, congratulations. <laughs> so I'm, but I'm curious how, how it was like how was your experience with in, with internships? Like, were you did you have access? Did your school have access to internships, or how did you manage? Like, okay, I you know I'm a junior, or let's say I'm, or maybe I'm a senior now. I'm ready to start kind of like dabbing into this internship world. Um, how did you come about those opportunities, and how did you navigate those? Yeah, so for internships at DePaul, they do have 
resources to help you out. Um, if you need help on creating your resume or so, there is a writing center to help you out. There are um, LinkedIn and Handshake, which are platforms to help look for either internships or jobs. And there will be career fairs on either the Lincoln Park campus or the downtown campus where they will invite companies over. Um, however, it can be tough going to through all of these because it's it's a lot. It's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of companies. It's a lot of people that you're talking to. Um, so the journey to finding an internship is definitely hard. And there's a lot of practice that you have to it. There are when I was looking for internships, I was also looking for like entry-level jobs. And I feel like there is a disconnect from what college tells you and what the interview process is like when it comes to these, because it's a lot more, I had to practice leak code. I had to practice um, coding specific language, like projects and so, and I didn't have that much project experience with my classes at DePaul. So it was definitely a transition of, okay, this is what DePaul has taught me so far. This is what the expectation is for these interviews, for these internships. How, what is the missing piece that I need to find in order to get to those interviews? And it's definitely hard and it can hurt your, like, it can be kind of degrading if you get turned down by a lot of internships, but that's that's the process that goes through. You have to go through a lot of internships. I mean, I mean, go through a lot of interviews in order to land that one internship that's willing to give you the opportunity. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about the mental, like the draining. Cause because it, it it is, it's mentally draining to even look, you know, even for a, a professional that has been laid off or something, you know, when you're about to to apply for a new role. Like, I don't think we, we give enough credit to either students and even people like that are, you know, that were laid off to, we don't, I don't think there's enough support, right? Like there is, you're right. There is a disconnect between, um, between college, what, what you do in college, what you're learning college, and then that transition into a tech role and, or at least that transition into, especially for engineers, right? Because there is coding challenges. There is all these things that like this technical interviews that are just mentally draining sometimes. And I, I, I really want to know, like, how did you manage those? Like, how did you, um, kind of like motivated yourself to just keep going because it is mentally draining. I, I'm curious to like to hear that experience a little bit more because I think we really do need to be talking about this, how difficult it can be for someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not gonna lie, definitely had times when I was like crying. I was like, this is a lot. But I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of family and friends that are here supporting me. And it it is hard to get through these stages because especially if you, your parents are not like, don't know anything about the tech world. This is you first stepping into tech world. You don't really know much and you're not getting a lot of uh, responses back from these recruiters. And sometimes the interview process is very gruel. So you just got to, mentally talk to yourself saying like okay I might not be fully prepared for this 
but I'm working on it. Every interview is a learning experience. You learn like, what can I do better for the next one? What are some questions that a lot of recruiters keep asking? Maybe I should look into those. Or if it's the more technical problems, what am I stumping on every time I'm doing a whiteboard problems? So I kept on trying to ask myself and trying to really reflect and understand like, okay, what am I missing here? What can I improve on? And there are some interviews where it can be very harsh and it can very like, it it makes you very not motivated. You're like, wow, they really like teared me apart. Like I'm not fit for this, but you just got to understand that you deserve to be in this tech world, even though you might not see a lot of people that look like you in the tech world, you do belong there too. So you just got to keep on going, give yourself breaks when you need to, and just reflect back being like, okay, I'm missing this. I'm going to work on this. Yeah. I mean, you, that's it. You said it the best. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be your own best friend and yeah. really hype up, like hype yourself up, you know, like you have to find that strength within within you. And definitely like by doing that, you know, it's reflection. Like you, you can, you can reflect on what you're doing, right. And maybe what, what needs a little more improvement and what you can do yourself to prepare better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you said it perfectly. I, I, I love that. I think it, it really is. Um, sometimes it can be a mental battle with yourself. Um, but I, n- but not always because yes, yeah, sometimes recruiters can just be, or at least the process can be gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think what matters here is that you just have to remind yourself that you do belong here and that you do are doing, you're trying your best and that you'll eventually get to, to that. Yes. Right. You'll eventually get to that opportunity. Um, that's awesome. I'm, I, thank you for that. I, I'm curious. Uh, I know, I feel like this has already been one of the most challenging things, right? Like going through that interviewing process and, 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 and in that transition, but um, what other challenges have you faced uh, as you are transitioning to this new career, right? And as an intern and, and, and moving forward? Yeah, I think for me is not only giving yourself the being your own little cheerleader through all of this is to understand that sometimes you you still feel like you you're sticking out in your job either you don't see a lot of people who can relate to you or you're not in tune talking professionally because I feel like that's also something that I kind of learned along the way it's like I know what the answer is I just don't know how to put it in words to make it sound nice. And sometimes for these interviews, you kind of have to do that. Um, And it might feel a little unnatural, but it's a learning process in that. And I think that's something that I struggled with for a while. It was hard for me to put things into words and try to talk and translate what I'm trying to say. And I feel like that's definitely a skill in itself. And that's something that a lot of it might turn off a lot of people because it's like, oh, like they're talking and that like, I don't like, I don't know how to talk professionally. Like, oh, they, they might think like, oh, I don't know like what I'm doing because I'm not talking professionally, but it's like, that's not it. Like you, yeah. you know, you know what you're doing. Like you understand. Yeah. You might not know the exact words, but like, no, you know. Yeah. yeah I love that. I struggle. That, yeah, thank you for sharing that too. I mean, I think that's super important for sure. I, I feel like 
you know, and a little bit of it is definitely that imposter syndrome, right? That you think yeah. that, you're not, that you're not doing your best, that you're not your best here, but that's just talk. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it just, it's so simple. I think we just get so wrapped up in our heads too about like, oh man, I need to probably find better words to say this. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like half the people are faking it too. Like, you know, you're, okay, you're just using fancy words, but really you just meant to say this. Like, yeah. uh, I, I get it though. It is important. It's a, it is a skill set. It is an important skill set that you should you should practice. But for the most part, I think that's the lead, that's the least of your worries. You know, where you should worry. You know, you worry about your your leveling up and worry about you and and whatnot. But yeah, I I totally agree. I think that is something that I also kind of experienced when I transitioned into into the tech world, and especially thinking that. I'm coming, I come from an education background. You know, I was working with high school students on a daily, like I was talking like that, like daily. Um, so it's, you know, now transitioning to this world and, and figuring out like, okay, I, I think you find ways to, to, to level up, right? You go to conferences, you listen to panel discussions, you listen to podcasts, you see how people are communicating. And I think that's, that's something that it just will come naturally to you as you, you spend more time. But yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so as you know, this that those are challenges in, in themselves. But now, like technically speaking, I guess for your with your background, um, le- the the languages, right? Like languages are so interesting uh, because every company uses a different language. So um, I'm curious about your technical like experience. Like, how is it different from what you learned at DePaul, and what languages did you learn at DePaul, and mm-hmm. are they very similar to what languages employers are asking for? Like in in your career? Like what, how, how do you see that two coming together? Is there this connector too, or are you learning enough to, to apply into the career, like to your career when you transition to a, um, to a role? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I asked that question, right. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, yeah, like I get you. To, to learn more about that process, like of, of what you learn in school versus what you're being asked to do in a, in your career. Yeah. So I think it depends on if you want to be like a software engineer. And so I think it's depending on what specific software engineer you want to go for. I think for my university, it was mostly Java. Um, We did like some C, we did some SQL, which are very heavy backend engineer work. However, I didn't know much about the front end work until later on when I had a internship during my junior year where I had some exposure to JavaScript and I'm like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Oh, I actually really like this. And with the current internship I'm at right now, it also needed JavaScript. Hmm. So I believe that if you want to go more of the backend route, the, the languages that I learned from the university, they give you a pretty solid idea of what it is kind of like once you're on the job. However, what you learn in classes is never fully preparing you for the internship. There's always like, huh, there's this. And there's a lot of stuff other than just languages that are involved. Like I had no idea what Kubernetes was, what Jenkins is like, and that's involved in if you want to be a software engineer as well. So I, the university or education experience you have give you a pretty solid like these are languages this is what coding is Mm -hmm. but when it comes to actually engineering or programming 
you need to have that intern ex- experience to actually like understand like, oh, this is what engineering is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I was always curious about that. Like, you know, because when we were, when I was at uh, another role, you know, working at, here in Chicago, we were looking at interns, right? And and we were, uh, and I was helping with the recruitment for internships and, and you know, and, and trying to sell organization. Um, but I was always curious because every every student had a different background. You know, someone knew C, someone knew C sharp, someone knew like you know C plus plus, someone else knew PHP, uh, R like data, and like there were so many languages. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking for here. Like, what are we looking for? Like, mm-hmm. is it just like enough enough that tells me that they are good enough to be able to like figure it out, like figure Ruby out? Because obviously, like it was a, a Ruby shop, but. There are so many languages out there that I think sometimes it can be confusing and intimidating for students that are like looking to go into this route and say, well, if I pick the wrong language, you know, like it's not something they should worry about for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I would say if you want to learn, stick with one language, know it through and through, really understand it because the different languages is pretty much the same but the different languages are pretty much the same mostly syntax wise it is a bit different like I learned a lot of Java at DePaul and right now I am working with React and Kotlin and Kotlin turns out to be really similar to Java Mm -hmm. so even though sometimes I have little mess ups with the syntax and so most of the concept is pretty similar So you just need to grasp that one language and be like, yes, I know this through and through. And the other languages will be pretty, will will be easier to learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for clearing that up. (laughs) Uh, I hope that that's helpful to someone that is interested in going into, into, you know, uh, computer or computer science. Um, all right. Well, I, this has been super uh, nice, but I'm now here curious to learn a little bit more about your end goals, right? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years? Obviously, you know, I'm not expecting you to have a plan for the next 10 years, <laughs> like some people ask, but uh, I'm curious, you know, about your future goals and, and what you're hoping to accomplish in the near future. Yeah. So in the future, I want to continue this path to be a full stack developer. I think I do have a love for both the front end and back end work. Um, Ideally in like five years or so, I'd love to be someone's mentor, someone to help out, just to be like a resource for anyone who wants to be in the tech world that has like no clue about it. I'd really want to help any students or so to help connect them to their path in the tech world and also try to be more creative again (laughs) um i on one of my hobbies is i love like either painting cooking all that type of stuff um and since i am living with my sister again we kind of create this like little t-shirt business where we like do little drawings and stuff like that so I'd love to continue working on that that's great I mean I love that um a little entrepreneurship side hustle (laughs) on the side right uh that's that's great I think uh I you know don't feel like you have to wait five years to be a mentor to someone I feel like you can already do it for high school right like there's there's a lot of different opportunities um out there like chick tech you know they they teach high school students how to code even and and you just have to be a college student at least or at least uh 
someone that is, you know, maybe an intern somewhere and starting their career, you can you can always support those organizations like Chick Tech and uh, there's other organizations like Girls Who Code and Black Girls Code and you know um, even here Latina Latina what is it Latina Tech or Latina, I forgot it's just like there's Technologicas there's oh Latina Girls in Tech or something in Chicago um, out of um, Blue Lacuna so there's definitely a lot of uh, places where you can uh, where you can already start giving back so don't don't feel like you have to wait you know uh, mm-hmm. but in the future there are other organizations too for you know when you're you know five years from now you might look back and wanting to support college students like rewriting the code does some 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 uh, supporting of of students in college right now um like you said anita b you know with uh, grace hopper they there's also opportunities there so i feel like you already have a wealth of knowledge that you can start spreading it now you don't have to wait for five years (laughs) I might check out those organizations now that you mentioned. For sure. Well, this has been super uh, amazing. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I would love for people to connect with you if they have any follow-up questions or if they just want to connect on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or whatever you want, all the things that you have. So where can people connect with you? Yeah. So on LinkedIn, you could look me up. It's Amy Hua. Last name is H-U-A. And Instagram is Amy M. Hua, same thing, H-U-A. And if you guys want to check out me and my sister's little t-shirt tech graphic um, products, um, we do have an Etsy um, and an Instagram called By Hua Creative. If you want to check it out. Yeah, so you definitely have to send me all those links so I can put them on the show notes too so that people can can see those. But that's awesome. Definitely. yeah. Um, good. You know, congrats on all your accomplishments on, on graduating and uh, and all of the things that you've done. And I know that being, uh, you know, an immigrant, being someone that, you know, that or first generation or second generation is can be hard. And uh, I felt it in, you know, in, in your words when you wanted to just make your parents proud. I think that's a beautiful thing. I love that. And uh congrats on getting this far and i know you have a great future ahead of you there's you definitely belong here and i'm sure that you're going to do amazing things so please keep in touch and thank you again for for joining me yeah thank you and congrats to you (laughs) thank you thank you we'll be in touch and i look forward to seeing all the things that you do (laughs) all right bye-bye bye thank you for listening to this week's episode of the chicago techies podcast If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Chicago Techies on all social media channels. Thank you again, and we'll see you in two weeks.